Hello and welcome to Be More Bert, the podcast celebrating lives lived differently. Why Bert? Well, it's because we're brought to you by Bert's Bees, whose founder, Bert, was a pioneer of the good life. Bert's Bees encompasses everything we want to champion in this series, doing more of what makes you happy, building connection and community, and inspiring you to tread your own path. I'm Pandora, and I'm a journalist and broadcaster, and I will be your host for Be More Bert. In this episode, I'm joined by Steph Elswood, an advocate for sober, plant-based living and an entrepreneur. Steph, great to meet you. Thanks for coming on. You own three different businesses. Let's start with your alcohol-free brand, Carouse, and the alcohol-free festival you started, the Dry Disco Club. What drew you to the sober lifestyle space and what made you want to start businesses within it? In terms of all the businesses that I've launched, I think it's been an extension of where I am personally at the time, where my passion lies, where my lifestyle has taken me. And I think over the last eight or so years, I've been on a wellness journey to be the healthiest, happiest version of myself. And around four years ago, um, I was drinking quite a lot after a bad breakup, not excessively, but just going out with friends on a Thursday, a Friday and a Saturday, never getting super drunk or disorderly or anything like that, but just It would take maybe three or four days to recover after those nights out. I'd have an amazing evening. Like, I'd absolutely love it. I'd make amazing memories with my friends. But mostly I wouldn't be able to remember remember them all. And then I would get this horrible anxiety feeling the next day where my heart rate would just race through my body. And it wasn't necessarily that I was living with regret of the decisions I'd made the night before, but it was more so that feeling of why is my heart racing? So I thought... One thing that it's constantly leading to is when I drink alcohol, I wake up the next day, I feel anxious, I then make poor choices with my lifestyle, my diet, and then that can last three or four days. I'll feel great for a day and then there'll be a night out again. So it was just this vicious cycle and I thought to break the cycle, I wonder if I remove alcohol entirely, if it would benefit my mental and physical health. So That's what I did around four years ago, which was quite hard in my early 20s for people to kind of look at me and be like, oh, well, you're not an alcoholic. Why would you remove alcohol? And there was a huge stigma around it. And I became so passionate about not lying about my reasons why, not pretending that I was driving, not pretending that I was on antibiotics or whatever you say just to break the stigma. I just decided that I'm going to be really open and honest about it, use my online platform to speak about it. And hopefully to anyone else who felt like me, just to give them a little bit of peace of mind that you can still be a happy-go-lucky, fun-loving person, completely sober. And then from that, we went into lockdown, which was obviously a wild time for us all. And there was a series of online Zoom quizzes. Remember that stage in lockdown? I actually never did one. Did you not? I think I had a newborn. No, I know I had a newborn. Okay. Um, So no, I didn't. I missed that and I never baked bread. Okay, well, the novelty (laughs) definitely wore off. So... There was a few weeks of it consistently on a Friday (laughs) or a Saturday night and everyone was getting drunk over Zoom. And I didn't have that kind of vice or that escape through Mm -hmm. alcohol. Mm -hmm. I didn't really fancy any soft drinks or fizzy drinks. And there wasn't really any alcohol-free spirits on the market that I enjoyed. A lot of them were tailored to maybe a slightly older demographic with botanical flavours. And there was nothing that I would sip and be like, this is worth the price point. And also a lot of them are filled with preservatives and nasties. And I just thought there's nothing on the market that I would want. So I'm a big vision boarder. I love kind of putting my dreams out there, laminating them and sticking a pin (laughs) in a corkboard. Like that just brings me so much joy. 
And so I was like, I'm going to release my own range of non-alcoholic spirits that are health conscious, that taste delicious and that feel luxurious. Like, you know, if you pop a bottle of champagne when you celebrate, that feels like a moment. I wanted yeah. that with a non-alcoholic spirit, not just like a clear bottle. I'm the kind of person that if I set my mind to something, I'm going to tell everyone, like just to make it known and, and put it out there. So and then you have to follow through oh, with I have it if to you do, do it, that. It's embarrassing if I don't. <laughs> so I, I started to tell everyone and I told my um, social media manager, Andrew, and I was like, this is what I want to do. And I'd seen a huge spike in the gaming industry of um, adaptogenic and nootropic drinks. So there's certain plant-based ingredients. Like this is all down to the power of like extracts and plants and things like that. And there's certain ingredients that can help your body adapt to stress or give cognitive benefit that are all plant-based. And so I thought, I wonder if we could fuse the two industries and put together a non-alcoholic spirit with adaptogens and nootropics. So I investigated it and I saw there, were, there wasn't at the time any on the market. So anyway, Andrew decided he wanted to be in. I was living with my parents at the time and I ran into the kitchen and I was like, oh my God, I'm going into business with Andrew. And then my dad was like, and then my brother heard my dad was in. So I was like, okay, we have a team of four of us that are going to do this and get this done. And I have no idea how to start a beverage business. Yeah. Well, how did you, did you Google where I to make? I lived on Google. I'd, I lived on it. I just, I constantly started having conversations, any conversation I had on Zoom, on FaceTime with anyone, I was telling everyone that's what I was doing and the co-founders were doing the same. And suddenly piece by piece, yeah. oh, I know a guy. Oh, I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. And then suddenly we were recipe developing in labs and finding bottles and creating design and just unlocking this huge explorative process that was really lighting me up inside. And I remember we were literally, it took over two years to develop and to come up with the name. And, and the name Carouse is an, a spin-off of an old English word. And the old English word means a noisy, lively drinking party. And I was like, I want to create that for sober and sober curious people. I want them to feel included. I want them to feel seen and, and validated by their choices, whatever the reason might be. We got to a month before our production. Factory turned to me and said, okay, we just need your tamper seals. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Google again what's a tamper seal? And then Googled a company that could print them and they were like, yeah, we need your design. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll just forward this email to our design team. We didn't have a design team. It was me with a compass for two and a half hours drawing this tamper seal. Anyway, it's come to market and we released in May of this year and it has surpassed all of my expectations. Brilliant. And it's just been such an exciting journey that led me really organically into Dry Disco. So I knew I wanted to do a big launch event to get liquid on lips, people trying it, getting it in, into the hands and mouths of people that I knew would be a target demographic. And there's an incredible woman called Millie Gooch who is in the sober space, has been sober for, I want to say, five years. Um, and she is an advocate for sobriety and a joyful life sober. And I basically pitched this idea to her and I said that I'd always loved the idea of hosting an event in a club environment so that people who are nervous to dance in public, people who are nervous to dance in a club, especially without alcohol, mm -hmm. could feel excited by it. And she was like, oh, I've, I've got a contact at Ministry of Sound. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, like go big or go home. So we hosted our first ever sober festival for women at the Ministry of Sound in May of this year. We called it Dry Disco and we had over 300 women come. And when you hire a venue like that, you can't just hire one room and just take over that small space. Like we had to hire all seven. And in every single area, we had a different activity that would add to someone's sobriety journey. I think this is just all happened so organically in terms of 
turning my passions into something that would hopefully help someone else in their journey too. Well, you're a brilliant advocate for joyous sobriety because hearing you talk about it, you can tell how passionate you are. So May was a big month. This was yeah. all happening. A terrible idea to launch a brand and a festival in the same month. Like the stress was 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 real, but it was so worth it and, and it was a really transformative time for both myself and my co-founders. And are you thinking that Dry Disco Club is going to be a annual event, a biannual event? Have you got ambitions to kind of scale? We've got our Christmas party on the 2nd of December. And instead of this being activities led, we really want to nurture communities in the space and introduce like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. Because I think as a journey, sobriety can be quite lonely and quite isolating. Yeah, I've heard that. Just because, especially if you already have well-established friendship groups and majority of your social occasions revolve around drinking, yeah. to remove that, you don't want to isolate yourself from from a community. So we're, we're really trying to push this next event to be to meet other people mm -hmm. who share the same values, the same kind of ideas of how they want to live their life and just have really cool DJs. We're going to have one room that's like an icons hour where every hour it's a different icon with music. We're going to have a house room. We're going to have a cocktail lounge with non-alcoholic cocktails and just really nurture that sober space in women and make them feel seen. So as if that wasn't enough to be getting on with, you also have an ethical e-commerce store. Yes. Tell me about that. So that happened in 2019. I kind of, again, was going through my own personal journey of exploring how to live a more conscious life. I think through many different ways, whether it's through skincare, whether it's through what you eat, whether it's through what products you use. Yeah. And I felt like I'd made so many changes that were positively impacting me and the environment, except from when I was going like through our jobs, you're out and about all the time, right? So I was getting grab-and-go lunches from, I don't know, different food chains. And I'd always forget, like, there'd be plastic cutlery at the door. And this is before, obviously, all of the different regulations were put in for wood-based cutlery and all of that. So it was yeah, always it's changed, plastic. it's changed a lot since it's 2019, has not it? changed a lot for the better. But at the time, there was nothing. And I was like, oh, the two things that I was using was, if ever I felt myself getting sick, I'd change my toothbrush. So I was like, that's plastic straight in the bin. Mm -hmm. a, a spoon. Like, I tried to keep a spoon in my bag, but if I forgot, it would be a plastic spoon. So I looked into developing a range of bamboo cutlery sets, and we launched that in 2019. And I love the idea of being sustainable. And that's what we call it. Very good with your brand name. I do love a name. Yes, I'll be honest. And I love all a very pun. well named. I, thank you. I also love a trademark. That's like a toxic <laughs> trait. So before anything's even created, I'm like, like I said, I tell people a trademark it is gonna happen. It's on the vision board laminated. So we launched that in 2019, and then obviously COVID hit and no one was going anywhere. So you don't need travel toothbrush, you don't need travel cutlery set. Thought, well, what other areas in our home life be more sustainable in? So I expanded into kind of the cookware space and, and that's been going well since 2020. And again, it's just an extension of one of my passions. And I love using the platform that we've built to share recipes and alternatives and swaps and tips. And, and it's just kind of grown from there, really. We'll chat some more in a sec, but I'm going to take a moment to share the love story behind Bert's Bees, created by Bert Shavitz and Roxanne Quimby. Along with his partner, Roxanne, Bert didn't just pioneer a natural skincare company, he pioneered a way of life. The good life. He realised something. If you go your own way and make more time for what makes you happy, you'll lead a richer life. So he did just that he left his high-flying Manhattan job to live at one with nature. In the wilderness of Maine, Bert got friendly with some bees. Together, Roxanne and Bert turned beeswax into lip balms, hand creams and more. 
Bert has shown us, if you love something, don't be scared to jump in, even if it can sting you. Because doing more of what makes you happy is what life is all about. We've been out and about asking how you live the good life and do the things that you are passionate about. And here's what you had to say. I think like learning a new skill is quite a good way because it makes you like focus on something different what you should do. So I'm currently taking some like sewing classes here in London because that's something I've always been interested in doing and I have a bit of sort of time in my life now to focus on that. So that's been a fun thing to do. Um, I love to live the good life by uh, figure skating. So I'm a professional figure skater and I feel whenever I'm feeling stressed, I love to just glide on the ice and just release and just do my thing. It makes me feel free. I love to just listen to music and also just like move my body and just take in the moment and also like connect with other people on the ice. Thank you for sharing and feel free to get in touch on TikTok or Instagram to tell us how you live the good life at Burt's Bees UK with the hashtag BeMoreBurt. Well, you mentioned actually that you like the idea of staying sassy. Yes. And you run workshops to do with confidence and sassiness. Are they the same things, confident and sassiness? I think so. In 2017, I'd had an Instagram page at this point for, gosh, three years. How did you start? What did your Instagram page start as? Is that when you started, 2017, so six no, years I, ago? I started actually eight and a half years ago. Okay. Um, I trained as a, a dancer for my entire life. Um, oh, wow. Professionally from the age of 14. So musical theatre, performing arts, um, commercial dancing. Unfortunately, what comes with such an exciting lifestyle and such an exciting training period, also mental health issues are quite rife within the industry. Yeah. Eating disorders are almost accepted or pushed yeah. onto you. So it's a very difficult place for an adolescent child to be in, yeah. especially as I was quite a late bloomer in terms of I still looked like a child when I was 14 and mm -hmm. it was just quite a difficult time to navigate. So I had an eating disorder on and off from the age of 14 to 21. And around, of the, around the age of probably about 18, 19, I started receiving full-time therapy for my eating disorder because it got really, really bad. Mm -hmm. I was passing out in dance classes, my hair was falling out, my skin was grey and I think that's what's led me to being so health focused now because I knew how unhealthy I was back then. And so part of the therapy was to keep a food diary and I would forget all the time. So I thought, you know what, so much easier. I'll just take a picture of my food. I'll post it on an Instagram page and then I can say to my therapist, this is exactly what I've eaten. You can see it, you can see the portion sizes. And it made me start to fall in love with food. So I set up this Instagram page called Healthy Chef Steph. I didn't want anyone to follow me at the time. It was just like a personal journey. My face was nowhere to be seen on the page. It started to grow a following. And back in the day, like I think I got 99 followers. And I remember seeing it and going, oh, I want 100. I want 100 <laughs> followers. So I ran into my school canteen and my friend Ryan said to me, you need to share your journey. You need to use this page for good and you need to speak about yourself and what you're going through because so many young girls go through it. Anyway, long story short, I managed to grow the platform to around 250,000 people yeah. sharing my journey, sharing my story. And that has just opened the doors to so many opportunities. Like that one scary thing, the thought of me posting a picture of myself and introducing myself to a relatively small audience has just unlocked this huge potential. 
And in 2017, my nan was living with us at the time because she was struggling with lung cancer. And it was a really tough time for my family and I. There was a hospice that would come in twice a day. They would look after her, they would clean her, they would change her, they would feed her and do all the things that she was embarrassed to have my mum do. When she passed away at the hospice, I just, I just felt this huge pull to give back. And she was literally my best friend and her tagline was stay sassy. Even on her darkest, <laughs> lowest days, she had a blow dry. She was incredible. I loved her. Amazing. If ever she had a male doctor, she would literally be like, like literally, the woman was dying of lung cancer and she'd be like, hello, sir. Like, I just loved her so much. And one day she just turned to me and said, Steph, why, why are you not dancing? And I just said, oh, I, just, I get a bit nervous. And she just was so blunt with me and was just like, that's silly. Like, it's your passion. It lights you up. You should do it. So I started going to dance classes again. I started sharing that journey online and people were like, Were you ever would you ever do your own dance class? And again, I was terrified of the potential of maybe someone else feeling nervous or insecure in a dance environment. So I came up with the concept of, of a workshop that would be fueled by trying to make women feel empowered and confident and be seen and appreciated and celebrated. So I hired a studio, the smallest one I could find because I was terrified no one would turn up. And I decided to teach women how to walk in high heels, how to dance in high heels, to have food there to show that you're allowed to eat, like food is fuel, food is good for you, it's gonna feed your heart, your soul, your body. And then get two guest speakers in, one that's a psychologist and one that's a motivational speaker, so that even if you couldn't do the dance moves and you feel embarrassed by it, you still leave on a high because you've had amazing words said to you that you'll remember forever. So we came up with the idea of Stay Sassy and that was the first event and we had 25 places and they sold out in 10 minutes. We raised 500 pounds for the hospice that cared for my nan and it was amazing. We had a picture of her in the corner and it was such a moving day and I literally watched people walk in shy and timid and leave with their head held high and their shoulders rolled back and down. And I just thought we need to do more of this. We need to take it around the country. We need to grow it, we need to scale it and we need to build communities and relationships. And, and that's what my purpose is now. Like that's what my platform is for. So anyways, over the last six years, we've hosted events up and down the country. We've raised just short of a hundred thousand pounds for different charities. And some of the girls that come, I feel like I have literally watched grow up. And some of the friendships that have built, there's people that have been each other's bridesmaids and they met at Stay Sassy. And it's just so beautiful. And, and I, I just love it and it lights me up and I feel like it's a way to connect with my nan yeah, it's something that is not for personal gain, but I hope to do and continue to do. Steph, what advice do you have for other multi-hyphenates? Oh, that is such a good question. I think it can be quite lonely. My main piece of advice would be to lean on others, just how Bert and Roxanne lent on each other, you know, throughout that whole entire process. I think really finding the time also to de dedicate time to yourself. Sometimes in the early stages when I was juggling a few things, I would sit there and be like, well, there's something I can be doing right now. I know I've got a never ending to do list, yeah. but actually finding time to schedule for yourself is beneficial because if you just try and go 100 miles an hour at all times, it won't benefit you or the businesses. Like your rest is vital and important and you have to make time to schedule that in. What kind of thing do you schedule in to look after yourself? Even if it's a complete day off to do nothing, like don't book a workout class, don't book a lunch, don't book a social occasion, like just sitting in my own space. And if I want to go and see someone, I can, but just actually dedicating time to my diary that blocks out a day or half a day. And also we are creatures of routine and habit, right? And 
working for yourself, you can decide to do whatever you want. But I've just tried to build really core habits within my routine. Probably the same way you'd have to keep bees, right? Like you, ha they probably have set <laughs> times to like smoke them out, get the honey, whatever. That is something that I've definitely learned. And I have strict routines and strict habits that I do every single day. You run a lot of businesses. They all come with their own Instagram accounts. Yeah. So there's a lot of stimulation. There's stimulation from the businesses. There's stimulation, visual stimulation from having all these different accounts. How do you avoid a stimulation overload? Very good question. I set myself timers a lot. There's actually a theory, I believe it's called the Pomodoro theory. Yes, I've done that before. Yeah, where you kind of work for a certain amount of time. It's 20 minutes. 20 minutes, you move away for 10 and then you come back. I do that with timers, especially looking at my tasks for the day. So I write to-do lists and I split them up into different sections and I kind of allocate time for each task. So if I see something and I know it's going to take me five minutes of dedicated time, I will set myself a timer for five minutes and I will focus on that for five minutes. You get that sense of achievement and that kind of dopamine release as you tick it off and it builds your confidence throughout the day. But I also get decision fatigue a lot, whether it's with what food I then have to make for dinner or outfit choices. So I've kind of implemented things within my lifestyle, whether it's uniforms of, this is what I wear to record a podcast, this is what I wear for lunches. That's a good idea. It just I get takes that out, as well. It's, it's a more sustainable way of living because you have set clothes and you know you'll always wear them. But it's also less decisions to make. I have the same breakfast every day. Um, I've got certain recipes that I know how long they take to cook. And it's just almost building those routines as you go throughout your journey so that you have things to fall back on. Because when running your own businesses or juggling life and work, there's always going to be unexpected things that arise. And having that kind of core foundation for everything is vital because otherwise you will wobble or break. So you are super organised from the sounds of things. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I'm time blind. I am so time blind. So I'm either, if it's a plane, I'm there on time. If it is something like this, I'm there early. But if we're meeting around six, you may see me at 10 past. Like I may be a little bit late and I hate it about myself, but I'm so time blind. So this is something that I'm really trying to learn at the moment. Well, I think you sound like you're doing brilliantly, to be honest. I'm incredibly <laughs> impressed. You really encapsulate the Burt's ethos of if you can dream something, make it. Do you have any advice on starting and building your own company or companies? I think it comes with confidence. Like there is an element of delusion behind all of my ideas, right? Like who am I to be the person to launch these different ventures? And I think working on myself, copious amounts of therapy or with friends or whatever, that has given me again the foundation to be like, I believe in myself enough to know that I can achieve this with hard work, with tenacity, with research. And if I didn't have that level of confidence, I don't think I would take the risk or take the jump. So I think personal work bleeds into everything, whether it's your relationships, your friendships, your work life. Even if you're not starting a venture of your own, you will perform better at work if you believe in yourself. You will put yourself out there in work environments if you believe in yourself. So I think the secret is self-belief, but self-belief is a muscle that you have to work and nurture. And I think learning how to do that for yourself is probably the first step before you take the leap in anything. So to people who are listening who aren't hugely confident, you would say this is, a, this is something you have to practice. Absolutely. This is something you have to build up. Every day, even I used to be terrified of ordering food in a restaurant. It stems from when I'm a child. Like even my parents would be like, and Steph, what do you want? And I'd just go mute. And I remember when I started at dance college, one of my teachers thought I was mute. So for me, it was learning to say something, but say it with my chest, to hear my voice in a space. I mean, look at me now, I just won't shut up. But like, <laughs> it's something I've really had to work on. Um, and kind of identifying 
not weaknesses, but areas that need more love and care, and then starting there. To finish, Bert wasn't just a guy who loved bees. He created a way of life and he was all about doing more of what makes you happy. So we're asking all our guests what living the good life means to you. Oh, that's a good question. It's a big question. That's a big question. <laughs> I, know, I just threw it at you at the end. I think the good life is going to look different to everyone. Absolutely. But for me, human connection is vital. A lot of my business is virtual. A lot of my encounters with people and followers is virtual. So for me, it's about building a life that pushes me, that challenges me creatively, that puts me constantly out of my comfort zone while still having time for my loved ones in person. When I am there, I want to be all there. I want to have all my energy in that space without being distracted by notifications or the future or the past. So I think that's what the good life is, being challenged, being pushed, but making sure that I always prioritise friends, family and loved ones. If that doesn't sound too Miss Universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that sounds like a very good Miss Universe speech. Okay. So I think you're ready to take that. Yeah. Take that on next. Perfect. With the glam I've had this morning, I feel ready as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Steph. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Be More Burt, the podcast all about celebrating lives lived differently. And thank you to my guest today, Steph Ellswood. Keep listening for more episodes. They're all available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you get a sec, please give us a follow and a like. And of course, we want to hear from you. If you would like the chance to win a year's supply of Burt's Bees, tell us how you live the good life by sharing your story with us on TikTok and Instagram at Burt's Bees UK using the hashtag be more Bert. For terms and conditions and all the info, head over to www.bemorebert.co.uk. See you next time.